Throughout August, we've been sharing free episodes from our Patreon-exclusive shows to give you a glimpse of what we offer on patreon.com slash kindoffunny during our August Patreon pledge drive. To sweeten the deal, we've just released the first episode to everybody of 20 Minutes of Tears, an eight-episode Let's Play series with Greg Miller and Brian Altano diving into Tears of the Kingdom. If you enjoy it, all eight episodes are out right now on patreon.com slash kindoffunny for all members at the $10 tier or above. Thank you for supporting the wild adventure that is kind of funny. If you haven't joined in yet, kindly consider doing so before the month concludes. Thank you all so much. What's up and welcome back to another kind of funny Ahsoka breakdown. Of course, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Anger and frustration are quick to give power, but they also unbalance you. It's true. It's, it's so good, Tim. True. I'm excited to be back. I'm very excited to have you here today. I am not excited that uh, Carbonian Sage had a flight delay. I know. So they're not able to, to join us today. I Hopefully already. they'll return next week. But that just gives me and you more time to shine. Oh, yeah. Be able to talk all about the show that I'm loving so very, very much. Hell yeah, Tim. Man, I'm so in. This, this show is delivering everything I just want from a <clears throat> Star Wars TV show. Yeah. You got the Jedi. You got the dogfights. You got the lore. And you have characters that I actually want to root for. Mm. That I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. There's mystery. I want to know who's behind the mask does it even matter yeah can a uh, force insensitive person become a jedi yeah or something it, entirely different a force insensitive mandalorian can they become a jedi which they they talk about here of like that's very rare that's not really something that has been done a lot before of course there's the story with the dark saber and like how that was forged by a mandalorian jedi but like as far as we know in the current lore like there hasn't been one since which is like really cool and like a, a really interesting journey to kick off like Sabine's story with so oh. I, and I, I know we'll talk more about it but yeah it, this was a lot of great tidbits here and there with all of that for sure Definitely. We're going to get into all of it because this is the kind of funny screencast. Each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, and when there are shows like this, big tentpole shows, we like to do episode by episode breakdown. So right now we are doing all of Ahsoka. Uh, once this wraps up, we're going to be starting off Loki, Jeez. which is really exciting. Loki season two. Um, so get excited about all of that. But we're talking about Star Wars right now. Of course, you could watch this on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we will be right there for you. But if you wanted to go above and beyond, patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to go. Uh, you can get the show ad free. You get a whole bunch of bonus content, and you get to be a Patreon producer like Jedi Master Deadpool, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Logan Delaney, Nathan Lamoth, and Patrick Delgado have done. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. Today, we're brought to you by Rocket Money and Netflix's One Piece but we'll tell you about that later. I want to get right back to part three, Time to Fly of Ahsoka. Barrett, overall, what were your thoughts on this episode? This, this was a really good episode. Nothing like super mind-blowing about it, but just a lot of 
interesting, like you were saying already, of like lore tidbits, things that conversations we had about Mandalorian season three that felt a little bit more like the background and them really bringing these ideas to the foreground of how the New Republic is really handling its kind of first years of being the controlling force in the galaxy, right? Uh, a lot of working with uh, Sabine and Ahsoka, Sabine trying to like get back into the groove of training to be a Jedi, even though she is kind of force inept, right? And Ahsoka kind of getting back into trusting Sabine as well, of being a Padawan, letting her take the lead when it makes sense. And yeah, I, I, I was really into this entire episode. I, I, I had a very fun time with it. Shout out to the music as well. Like mm. the music was really fun. Like the whole intro sequence with the strings it felt very like avatar the last airbender a lot uh, a lot of the times which y'all know i love so i was eating that shit up and like how it goes right into the title screen too was like oh yeah that hit so yeah i really enjoyed this episode and it, it honestly it's like another building up to the kind of like <clears throat> getting into the second act but i didn't feel like my time was wasted absolutely yeah i'm right there with you where this uh was a, a very very good episode was it as good as the first two probably not but <clears throat> i feel like it really has its place in the the season thus far um i love how a new hope it all felt like i love the the training sequences the dog fighting it just felt very 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 classic star wars which and it's interesting about we talked about last week of like the first two episodes weirdly felt a lot like phantom menace yeah so it's like interesting that we go from there to then the first movie in the original trilogy mm -hmm. uh i wonder if they're gonna play with that a little bit more of like the the vibes for each kind of like big beat in the show of like do we then go to like a little bit of feeling like empire and stuff like that? Eventually it'll be interesting to it see. Definitely will be. And I, I will say that uh, so far, the thing I'm loving most about the show continues to be Sabine and mm. uh, giving her a training uh, situation. My favorite thing in any show in any so media, I, I just love a character being trained so that eventually they get to be a badass, Right. Yeah. And I love to hear, we may get that. We may not. Like I, I really enjoy the way that her training's going uh, both with Hugh Yang. Is that how you say? Hugh Yang. Yeah. Hugh Yang and, and, and also Ahsoka as well. And uh, I would say my least favorite thing of the show so far has been Ahsoka herself. Mm. Um, but I'm okay with it because I, I feel like I don't have a, an attachment to her through Clone Wars and all of that. So to me, it's like seeing her as this more kind of Luke Skywalker-esque A little bit more stoic. It's like yeah. not my favorite vibe, but it allows Sabine to shine a bit more. Yeah, Sabine has definitely been the star. And it's interesting. I've been having this conversation with a lot of like Clone Wars and Rebels heads of like Ahsoka feels off, but I've... Me having that attachment with her, I feel like I'm more at a disadvantage than you are, where it's like, because she has like this very specific personality in those original shows that she was in, even when she came into the live action sphere in the Mandoverse with uh, the Mandalorian season two, even from then, we didn't get to see a lot of her, but it did just, it did feel like a different take on ahsoka a little bit and what's interesting there is clearly there's a large time jump of us having no info on ahsoka, yeah it's right? been like more than 10 years i want to say since we've really like been able to be with her so right? a lot has happened there and what's interesting to me is that the the slight retconning of the end of rebels uh mm. that they recreated in uh last week's episode uh where we see her in rebels and she she does look a little bit more spiritual i would say 
she feels like she feels like a Jedi master rather than like a knight. Exactly. Yeah. And and I feel like taking that back feels mm. weird because that feels in line a bit more with the character that we we are seeing in these in these shows. Right. And again, I, I think we're, we're being hypercritical of this. Like I don't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. it's bad by any means. I just feel like so far her there is a of, difference. There is a there is a difference, and um, I, I think overall it's a good thing for me because it's allowing mm. Sabine to kind of take the the lead of this uh, of being the the exciting underdog character that yeah. that. You know the the Luke to the Obi Wan. Yeah, and I, I I thought about that last night as well, where it's like if we kept Ahsoka's characterization even from Rebels, and then seeing Sabine, where you know Ahsoka wasn't a part of the main crew all the time in Rebels, right? So a lot of like her crossover felt like it didn't. I mean, take rarely, away. honestly. Yeah, she but wasn't it, in much. Yeah, and so when she came in, it didn't feel like it was taking away from Sabine's character, which Sabine does feel like an alternate version of like a younger Ahsoka a little bit. So I, I do wonder if the way that they're trying to play it right now is to kind of prevent Ahsoka and Sabine feeling too of this too much of the same note a little bit. So what's really interesting with that mm-hmm. is taking the place and the character of Sabine and what uh, she's went through, or sorry, of, of Ahsoka uh, and uh, Sabine, I guess as well. But uh Looking at the the, the Hu Yang line of her him calling her out, being like, hey, you, "You're kind of coming from a lineage of, uh, yeah, like, of apprentices, Padawans, the whole situation, like not really being the best or whatever." Yeah. And to look at where Ahsoka has been as Anakin's apprentice in Clone Wars, going all the way through to her leaving the Jedi, going into uh, her where we saw her in Mando season two, and even Book of Boba Fett more specifically, where. She is with Luke, and they, it's the origin of the, the the Jedi Temple that he's building, and she's essentially trying to get Din Jaren to take Grogu to Luke. Yeah, like she doesn't want to teach him yeah. uh, to to be a Jedi, but she kind of understands the importance of Grogu finding Luke yeah. Skywalker and of continuing the Jedi line, whatever that means. And to get the the, it's not so much a time jump here because like. I imagine they're happening around each other, maybe within the same year, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mando season two, three, and this. Yeah. Um. To to see an Ahsoka that is willing to take Sabine back on yep. as an apprentice is very interesting because is it as a Jedi or is it as something else? And I think her pushing mm-hmm. this concept of... Especially, like, we don't know, we haven't really gotten an update where she, uh, from Ahsoka herself of how she views herself. The last big uh, line that she had about if she's a Jedi or not is literally her saying, I am no Jedi to Darth Vader. In but Rebels. that was, timeline-wise... More than 10 years ago. Does she still feel the same way now? And I, I do think that's an interesting note of, like, Grogu, she could sense that Grogu should be trained as a traditional Jedi. But then with Sabine Wren who is a Mandalorian, isn't very Force-sensitive, does she feel more in line of training Sabine because, you know, she doesn't see herself as a traditional Jedi, therefore she feels more fitting to train someone who also probably won't grow to be a traditional Jedi, which is really interesting and cool. It is, and the amount of, like, mix matches there where even Grogu, right? Uh, And, you know, some of this might come down to faulty planning and writing, and some of it (laughs) might beat up by design uh, to show how messy this could be. But, you know, Grogu... Uh, Ahsoka making the choice to uh, lead Grogu to Luke to be trained more traditionally, but then Grogu essentially making the choice to not go down that path and to take the the Mando path with uh, Din. No one wants to hang out with Luke, man. (laughs) (laughs) I do, okay, everybody? Um, But anyways, I, I, I feel like it's interesting to see the dynamics of where 
the concept of Jedi, like, because at the end of the day, it's an organized religion, right. right? And it always has been. And what does that do to benefit the galaxy? And what does it do to really get in the way and allow the evil of the Sith to rise or the resistance or the first, not resistance, the first order, whatever it is, yeah. there's this cycle, the good and bad, the balance that they always talk about. And I, I really like where we're at now of questioning what it means to be a Jedi, if it matters, if it should still exist. Is it a religion that we should open to everybody or is it something that needs to kind of be abolished? And uh, taking in, you know, we always talk about it. Filoni tried, had to fix the prequels. Now he has to fix the sequels. <laughs> I feel like the amount of Broom Boy in this episode uh, was strong, yeah. right? Like, like focusing on Sabine to kind of get that story right, to start kind of, uh, and it's always been there that the force is in every living thing. That's yeah. said in a new hope, right? Yeah. Like, so that's the, the base jump off point, but then, you know, all the movies have given us man, uh, midichlorians and so much more, right. but where we're at now dealing with all of that, I like this idea that Sabine is training, trying her hardest. She trained with, uh, Kanan. Yeah. Right, and Ezra a little bit, and, it, yeah. and Ezra a little bit, and it didn't work. Yeah. It made her a better warrior, made her whatever. But it's she was no Jedi, right? right. What's she gonna be here? I know, and, and maybe Ahsoka is the teacher that she's needed all along, right? Like Kanan was Ezra's teacher. That's what that's who Ezra needed. Uh, so maybe that wasn't really for Sabine, right? Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting because yeah, like to give some background, uh, Sabine did wield the dark saber at one point in the past and uh kanan uh who is referenced uh, a couple of times in these first couple of episodes um was the jedi who trained uh ezra uh who unfortunately uh passed uh at some point uh and he, he did try to help out uh sabine with the the dark saber and the, there's a little bit of tension there of like what she needed to be trained with the dark saber uh and all that so yeah it'll be interesting to see like how what what's different about Ahsoka that like makes her flourish as like a Padawan? And we also, thanks to the placement of this show and how Rebels was uh, pre A New Hope, mm -hmm. and then the epilogue was post Jedi. Yeah, right. Uh, just that one little brief moment, which is where we're at now. Like, there's there's so much time that we don't know, and they've kind of done a good job of telling us some things have happened, but not explaining the details. Right. So like, we know that Ahsoka and Sabine had a uh, master and apprentice relationship mm -hmm. prior to what's happening now. Right. But we don't know why it ended poorly. Right. Exactly. And like, maybe that's part of like why Ahsoka is the way she is now, all of that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how they try to roll out a little bit of that information throughout the show and if it lands and all that. So yeah, there's so much, there's so much that we still don't know, which is insane. But yeah, and that, that's kind of the cool part. I, I do feel like some of the the weirder stuff in this that I can see people making fun of, like the Ahsoka going out of the spaceship and oh, like jumping around. Come on, it's so it's good. cartoon as hell, right? Like I, I feel like it was fun, and I, I don't. It's feel a, it's like a callback to like Clone Wars. I would need to look up like there's. There's a couple of episodes in Clone Wars where I feel like they're out in space and they've got these weird spacesuits, and I would need to go back to an episode to see if that's her actual spacesuit because it had like the Empire logo on it, but I know that that logo was used before the Empire was actually established. I think yeah. that was like for the military in and the stuff. Bad Blood, not Bad Blood. Was it Bad Blood? Bad, bad Batch. Batch, Bad yeah, Batch, yeah. right? <laughs> where we saw kind of like yeah, that. like there's like the prison that uses that logo and stuff. So I, I would need to go back to see if that like was her original spacesuit design when she came out. That I was like, this is goofy we're about as to hell, get some but goofy I, shit. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, speaking of just things that I love, just to like get into the details of the episode with Sabine like training that whole sequence, even like where it first starts with uh, Hu Yang, who's got like 
four arms. I've never seen this before. Maybe it's been shown off before because as far as I know of Hu Yang, he's just like the guy who uh, like takes like little younglings to get their kyber crystal and teaches them how to build a lightsaber and then like kind of fucks off until the next group is ready, right? So to see him like actually in like battle training mode with these like four arms and then like at, like after uh, Sabina's done, like the training's finished and he looks at like the results of like each like stick that he has and he's like, oh, you did like... You, you pass, yeah. you know? Uh, I thought that was really cool. And then, of course, bringing out the mask uh, to uh, kind of give Sabine no vision, I, I thought was, again, I mean, very it's great. new hope. But it's very new hope, but it's also very Kanan, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that that can't be missed on Sabine in particular, right? Yeah. Being so close to Wh Which I thought crew. was interesting, too, because obviously she was with Kanan for a, a bit while he was blind, right? And so, like, her being so closed off of, like, how am I supposed to do this without any sight? I wonder if that's because she's, like, aware of, like, how force inept she is. I mean, I think or, so, right? Yeah, okay. But, I mean, okay. I feel like that's even, I feel like even in this episode, she was like, I I can't do this. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm trying my best to, to get this done. I mean, and I loved the scene of her sitting with the, like, Ahsoka showing that the force. She can, yeah, pull, like, right? pull the cup. And uh, her trying to do it and, like, her so being like, you, oh, win, you this win this round. round. Like, that was a, a shout out to uh, Natasha Liu, uh, Liu Bordizo, I believe uh, her name is. That was such a, she is so Sabine. She, yeah. And she's nailing it. Just like that cheeky little, like, you win this round kind of thing. It was like, all right, I'm I'm fully into this uh, this cast, like, uh, as well with uh, Hera. Uh, Hera as well, who really shines in this. I was talking to Raj a little bit because uh, he's watching Ahsoka as well. And he was saying that, like, the last couple episodes, he wasn't convinced on uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston as Hera. Yeah. But this was the episode where it's like, oh, that's Hera. Yeah. And, and, and um, I, I liked her last week as well. Um, she, so just was, she, like, she was there, but she wasn't given a lot to, like, really get into the character. Whereas, like... I feel like the the scene that she has primarily the one was, scene, but yeah, it was good. It was so good, and there's a lot to dig in there uh, with all of that. But yeah, so yeah, shout out to the the intro music, obviously, and then like uh, we go into uh, Hera being on uh, whatever ship she's on, and uh, I thought it was interesting when we get into the scene and she's getting prepared to uh, talk to Chancellor Momothma uh, and a bunch of senators. Um, the music felt very imperial oh, a yeah. little bit but a little bit more lighthearted but again this is something that they've been building to in this Filoni era or yeah. whatever you want especially the, the, in Mando season the Mandoverse yeah. stuff right of of the the building out of the the League of Shadows whatever the the Thrawn people but then also the building of the New Republic of yeah. what it means and how inept they all are and continuing to double down and create a scenario in which the first the rise of the first order makes any sense at all yeah um, and honestly like I maybe it doesn't work for any everybody but I I am being sold on like how the Republic is the new Republic is really just failing in all ways, shapes and forms. Right. And they teased it a little bit in Mando season three with like the, the doctor episode mm -hmm. and a couple of moments later on throughout that season. But it was really here where it was just like, I, I wanted to hit my head against the wall, not because the scene was bad, but just of like, God, y'all have really lost your way, especially like Mon Mothma, who's like letting these senators kind of just like push everything down and be like, Oh, you know, that's just, you're just trying to tell like stories to get like funding to look for your friend. And it's like, Oh man, this is, this is heartbreaking. That's classic Star Wars though. Right. Yeah. It, it is that that's the question you, you brought up uh, the last couple episodes feeling very phantom menace, but in a lot of ways, this felt like Qui-Gon to me. This felt like yeah. Qui-Gon going to the council and being like, let me train this boy. And then being mm -hmm. like, 
I don't know. Like you, it feels like there might be some personal things here, or whatever. And and uh, I like that that trope that comes back. But um, with Mon Mothma in particular, like it's funny how little we used to have of her and how much we get of her now. Uh, and great character, especially uh, in a with Andor, with where we saw her, where she was like a, a lead in that show for yeah. a couple of the arcs, um, and did so great. And us getting to know her life, her family, like her situation. Where do you think they are now? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a, it's a lot of good questions, right? But I think that it kind of places her here in a way that like, I don't feel like she's purposefully like being negligent. I think that it's just, she's now had decades of dealing with this shit yep. where she's just trying to make it work and trying to maintain. And like, what a difficult position for her to be in. Do we know how she dies? Is she in the Hosnian system when it gets destroyed in Force Awakens. I mean, that's 30 years later, so she's got to be like, I, I imagine it's got to be a different Chancellor at that point. Because I, right. I, I would say, I would say like Mon Mothma probably like looks back at like, oh, you know what, Palpatine like became Chancellor like forever, and that's where things like really started to go fucking sideways. So like, I feel like Mon, uh, like Mon probably gave up her power after. A, a cycle or two um so i i doubt that she was still like a, a leading member uh in the republic by that point even if she's still alive at that point like who knows um uh, they're all pretty old at that point so i don't know it's it's just really interesting the the no i, I want to keep talking about this scene but yeah. real quick i want to take a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Every single person I know that has tried Rocket Money has been shocked at how many subscriptions they have that they forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending about $80 a month on their subscriptions when in reality, it might be closer to 200 plus. Uh, when you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you use to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're actually paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. This episode is brought to you by One Piece on Netflix. The global phenomenon One Piece has finally gotten a live action adaptation on Netflix. This is an incredible world ruled by pirates filled with never before seen superpowers and a hunt for a legendary treasure called the One Piece. It's an epic action adventure about following your dreams, searching for treasure and ultimately, Finding Your Chosen Family. The series was made by fans for fans, old and new. Showrunners Matt Owens and Steven Maeda are huge fans of the manga and come at their work from a fan-first perspective while still allowing new audiences to discover and fall in love with this story. Manga creator Ichiro Oda was involved in every step of the process at a level which was never seen before in any previous live-action manga adaptation. One Piece is an action-packed, warm-hearted and joyful adventure that you don't want to miss. Don't miss One Piece on Netflix, August 31st. Go for it. The main note I had written down, because uh, I think I talked about this in Mando season three, right? Where a, a little bit of the teases of like, 
and a little bit last week as well, <clears throat> where I feel like there's a little bit of drawing towards like the the, the time in American politics from like 2008 to 2014, where uh, Democrats were like kind of like taking back power in a lot of like avenues and a lot of people felt like they were emboldened of like, oh, we've gotten past like the really dark era of like the, the Bush regime and all that. And then because there was like a little bit of, uh, I'm losing the word here, but victory, it felt like, <laughs> like some sort of victory, <laughs> but that victory kind of led to like a, almost like a, no more like fighting spirit. And then, Comfort. Then we see like the whole right wing thing really take over again very easily uh, in like 2015 on. Right. And I feel like there there's a lot of parallels in that here as well. Um, and that's like what we're seeing with like this new republic where they're becoming because of their victory and because they're in their early years of trying to establish what the new republic is. They're losing so much sight of like what's important and like the the cracks are starting to break a little bit of like how easy it's going to be for the the first order or whatever uh the early like remnants of this is to take over the the note i have written down is how can these leaders not see that their peace is a false one imperial outliers bro it's literally ingrained into your system it's too deep into your veins and when you realize what this will do to your peace the poison will already have taken hold man like the fact that they're brushing off of like, oh, yeah, the people arrested last week at the, the shipyard, outliers, man. We've got Imperial employees in every level of this system, and it's fine, dude. And it's like, I feel like some of the senators there, I feel like, are just so just out of touch with a lot of this stuff. Uh, similar to uh, what the, the doctor from House last week was saying of like, oh, they're loyal to their wallet and stuff. It's like, nah, man, like people... People believe in things. People believe in ideologies and, and, no, and they're going to like play it safe until it makes sense to like fight for something. Right. And I feel like a lot of the senators are losing sight of that. The, the one senator that they called out, the Ziano, mm -hmm. Ziono uh, guy, definitely feels like he's part of, like, Thrawn's crew oh, dude, a little uh, bit. Yeah, a little, maybe a little too much. I, I Going off what you're saying here, I love the, the long live the Empire. It doesn't sound like loyalty. Uh, and I loved it because it is really just showing. We, we've seen, you know, in a ton of different ways that there are different sides to this yep. uh, galaxy where it is not just you're either a rebel or you're in the empire, which they've kind of, that, that's what it felt like for yeah. uh, what we had a, a long time ago with the movies. But now we get to see kind of like the, even in uh, Obi-Wan, right? Like mm. they didn't do the best job of this, but like creating that idea that uh, there are people that are signing up to, for what the empire is promising them. And like the, to see like the people rounding up the, uh, the, the not even Jedi, just yeah. people that aren't down to, to rock with the empire and how scary that is as a concept and then seeing it go all the way through here like last week they were dealing a little bit with like talking about there are just a lot of people that are just trying to make money and right that is the majority of the people probably mm -hmm. that are like i don't want to deal with any of this shit it doesn't affect me and if it does like i'm just going to deal with whatever that's going to be um but the fact of the matter is we've had uh the empire have a regime for decades yeah at this point and there's just a way of living. So for it to be over because the emperor was killed, Darth Vader's gone, like just because of that, yep. uh, which is a big thing, but like because of that, now all of a sudden those people still exist. So yep. we've, we've, they've done a good job, I think, of in, in Mando and um, I guess it was just Mando so far mm. of really showing, and, and I guess now Ahsoka, uh, that there are imperial mem former imperial members that are trying to be put into this new republic 
and they're not doing enough to like de-brainwash them. Yeah. They're just kind of being like, oh no, they're, maybe, they're all here. It's and and be there okay. are some people who are just like a little bit too like they they are down with what the like empire was, right? And like to bring it back to Andor, there are people who are just fucking evil, man. And they they like really just bask in it, right? And so there's still a lot of people and th those are the type of people that they're trying to be like, oh yeah, they work in our system. No, they don't. But I, I love the uh, kind of uh, one of the last lines Hera has in this scene where uh, the the one senator who's obviously in Thrawn's group's like pocket or something. She's like, did you fight? Like, did you fight in the war? And he doesn't have anything to say. And she's like, just sat, uh, just sat back to see who came out on top, huh? Yeah. And it was like, God, a fucking God of man. He has no response. Uh, I love that. But I, I also think that there is a, a flip to it a bit of mm. what is Hera's place if not war? And I feel like this is a concept that Star Wars has flirted with a lot. But, uh, hey, we won. Yeah. But it's like there's this now need of, okay, now what's my place? What am I supposed to do with yeah. this? And does, that, uh, does my skill set of what I was needed for for this war how do I translate that to like a, a time of peace? Right. And so, yeah. And that's stuff we've talked about with like Andor, a little bit of Mando for sure. Uh, the last note I have for this scene in particular um, before, you know, we get a little, uh, uh, a little cameo from a, a child here, the Imperial remnant, one of the sen senators says the Imperial remnants have no central command, which is fucking insane. And I love that. Like, I feel like this is probably drawing a little bit from Andor, like a, specific through line because this is exactly what um Skarsgård was trying to accomplish during the events of Andor where it's like yeah we've got these cells but it's not the time to bring all yep. these people together this is just what the rebels were doing and it's insane to me that like Mon the rebels are like not seeing that yeah and like it's insane like Mon was a the central part of it and she's like yeah man they've got no central commands now, right here's the thing though i i my theory is and this goes back to me talking about Mon being smarter than she's coming off here. Mm. I think she knows it. And okay. I, I, my evidence you think she's for this. she's going to try to show up for them? Yes. Okay. I think the evidence that shows it to me, it's very, very subtle. And I could be totally off the mark here. But I do think the way that Mon talks about Hera's kid mm. shows a level of trust of family with her that I think is a vague way of saying, we have a personal connection. I got you, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. We got live action Jason, and it's just as weird as the cartoon version of Jason. But, you know, I, it, it's cute. I love that he's like, is it true that Sabine's going to be a Jedi? And Hera's like, where'd you hear that from? I'm like, oh, Chopper. And the Chopper's just like, murm, murm, murm. Uh, and he's like, I want to be a Jedi too. And it's so heartbreaking. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's those uh, emotional heart. I don't know. It's heartbreaking, though, because I, I, I think about it like the, the line that uh, I, I think it was. Yeah, Mon, when she asked mm. uh, Hera, like, what's he up to? And she said something about... Uh, like, ah, he's somewhere. <laughs> but, but, like, with Chopper, where it's, like, to me, it's, like, all right, cool. There's, there, he's being pulled in two directions. The mom side of Hera being this, like, rebel pilot yeah. and fighter. And then dad's side being Kanan, well, Jedi. For, for me, it was heartbreaking. Just, like, oh, man, you could have had a dad who was oh, around. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that, that was the heartbreaking but, part like, of it. But, like, the fact that they, they had him here. And, like, sure, it was a cameo in this episode. But... You don't have a kid in this point of the eras that is whose father is a Jedi that we know mm. that isn't going to go somewhere. <laughs> That's interesting, too. So he's he's got to be like a little over 10 years old at this point. Force Awakens is 30 years from now, uh, maybe a, a little less than 30 years from now. Right. 
It'd be like 23, yeah. right? I've lost track I of like Mando how far. Is like seven Mando years start, post-Jedi. Mando starts, I think, five years after Jedi. But how long it's been since the beginning of Mando season one, like that's kind of, uh, that's where I, I lose track of it a bit. Um, but anyways, Force Awakens a couple decades later, at least. Uh, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like where Jason's story is in all of this. Like, does he become like, a key player in Heir to the Empire and all that? You would have to imagine so, uh, especially like with the line of like, I want to be a Jedi too. Um, and whether, you know, they can pull that off because like, here's my thing, Tim. Kids can be kind of annoying, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, even just with this one scene, I'm like... You're not a main character, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think it'll be in this show, at least not this season. We don't know. No, but I'm interested in the future if they can pull it off and, like, make him, like, kind of a, a main part of the crew eventually, right? Um, but pulling away from that, right, we get back to, like, the rest of the episode is pretty much just following Sabine and uh, and Ahsoka with uh, them on the way to the planet that, like, Balin and all the crew are where they're building, the like, huge, freeze. like, uh, hyperspace uh, ring and all that. Um I, I, I Which love, is just awesome. Yeah. It, I will say that there is a lack, like my, my biggest criticism of uh, this show so far, and specifically this episode, I think uh, really like shines a light on this, is there's a, a lack of urgency to the main plot, which is weird because it's not how Mando can feel sometimes where it's just like, I know where we're getting. Why don't we just get there quicker? It's not that. Yeah. It's just the because I really like the story that they're doing. And yeah. I like how simple it is. I like where we're at of here's the characters. We get where we're going. There's just something about the way the characters are acting about knowing that Thrawn's out there, knowing that there's this plan that um, the bad guys are right now a step ahead of mm -hmm. them. Yeah. I feel like them taking their time to train and all that stuff yeah. like is awesome, but it also just feels a little incongruent to the, the um, dire straits that yeah, they're in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my takeaway from it, I, I notice what you're talking or I see what you're talking about. My takeaway from it was like, Yes, they know that Thrawn is in another galaxy. Um, you know, there and then because of that, there's the possibility that Ezra's still out there. But I think in their heads, it's like, well, they know they have the map and stuff, but how the fuck are they gonna get there? You know? So I don't think they like until they see the huge fucking ring and they're like, Oh, wow. they're making like a galaxy jumper, I think that's when it's like, oh shit. So before that, like I I definitely see like where you're coming from, but for for me and how I read it, it was like, oh, they don't really understand the urgency quite yet until they like are seeing like the full scan that Hu Yang like made of like, yeah, there's like six hypercore drives and they're loading in the last one now. And it's like, now it's like an, Oh shit, which I feel like we'll probably feel a little bit more next episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they arrived to, to see toss. It starts off with the, the dog fight, which is like really cool. They were, uh, Balin's kind of, uh, like underlings his Padawan and like the, uh, like Maroc and, uh, all the other dudes. Um, we're in like these kind of like weird makeshift like Naboo starfighter looking thing. It was interesting. Uh, definitely this fight had a, a major Revenge of the Sith vibe, right? Uh, with, with even just like the way that like the, the headset communicator thing looked yes. on, on her. Uh, very Anakin. Uh, but then flying through, I love when like Star Wars is Star Wars because of the sound, because of the, the colors, because like these, these things that are just so uniquely Star Wars. And I love when they introduce new things. I love the green lasers with the different sound. I was like, oh man, it's just, yep. it feels 
awesome and authentically Star Wars, even though it's a new edition. Uh, seeing them fly through is great, and having it's, it's seeing their ship like be like the way it kind of like can like uh, uh, pivot and stuff. Like seeing that used constantly in the battle. So to, sick when like the the huge lasers are coming from the the big ring and stuff. Like, that was really cool. It was so cool, and uh, the the kind of short speak that Ahsoka and Sabine have, I think, did a really good job of showing that they had a history that we yeah. didn't get to see. And and I love that it's like. It's stilted. It's frustrating. And Hu Yang's the one who's like, or, or like Ahsoka calls, uh, cuts him off of like, hey, we don't have time. And he's like, yeah, the way you two are fucking acting, like there won't be any time to give you any of my readings. And that's where Ahsoka kind of takes the beat of like, fuck, this is Sabine's field. Give her the lead. And I, I and then where it's like the the Sabine kind of taking the lead, telling Get Ahsoka. Get the tail gun. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yep. And she gets there. I love that they lined up all the ships for her to go. Like uh, that Ahsoka turned the ship to line up the enemies. So she could just yep. go, bop, bop, bop. She's like, woo, Very got good. one. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, my One of my notes here in the middle of this, obviously, uh, um, I forget Balin's Padawan's name, but she's one of the the fighters of uh, in something Stars. something haughty or something right yeah scotty no <laughs> uh i don't know what i don't know if we've ever actually what are the wolves names well a skull and haughty but that, that's yeah, okay. their last names yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i so yeah the, those are names of uh the the wolves from uh norse mythology which is very interesting to see like where they're gonna pull like story-wise if there's any inspiration there of like maybe because those wolves are a part of like the ragnarok story these two characters are like part of the story of bringing the end of peace times to the Republic is what I imagine is like what they're kind of drawing from here. Um, but at one point, like uh, the Padawan is talking to the other fighters and we hear Maroc uh, talk and it's so distorted. There's been so many goddamn theories about who Maroc is. They're making a big deal about this guy. And I didn't He's in the intro it. now. Yeah. And I didn't feel it at first, like last week where it's like, Oh, he's just like one of the minions or whatever. And like, He's probably like one of the surviving um, inquisitors that they've just like recruited as part of their crew or whatever. But the fact that they're distorting his voice so much, I'm like, shit, he's probably someone. Uh, the huge theory is that he's Ezra. Uh, I, I don't love that theory just because of who Ezra is, what his arc was in Rebels. And then also I find it just like story wise and plot wise. I find it very weird that if Ezra and Thrawn got shot out into a different galaxy, like how did Ezra make it back and then turned into this like inquisitor type of dude, but then Thrawn stayed and all that. Like, I don't see like how Ezra would have made it back with like the technology available over there or whatever. Like they're making a huge deal of like how big of a project it is to galaxy jump. So I just, I don't personally see that. I do. I mean, Ezra could have just been so upset that he's, that his friends didn't come to get him for so long. So it turned him evil. Uh, like, Can you imagine how upsetting it would be if a character that you've grown up loving then like comes back and is nothing like you expect him to be whatsoever? I mean, right no, there. it wasn't, it wasn't nothing like we expected farm bitch boy, Luke Skywalker to be, you know, I could, I could see like story, like character wise, like, God. yes, like maybe like maybe Thrawn over the years was able to get to Ezra and like that, like, and Ezra was very susceptible to the dark side throughout rebels. So I, I could see that it's more of the, the, the plot, the, yeah, I, I'm with you. He, I don't like, think he it's got Ezra. shot all the way to a different galaxy. How the fuck did they he make would it need back? like that would require some plot gymnastics that like, I'm not ready for those I gymnastics. I think would be much harder to do than the him turning dark sided like that. I could see them trying to pull off, but like, I hope they wise, don't, but I can see it. Yeah. I will say though, that last week we were talking about Ezra of, is he alive or is he dead? I last week was like, I don't think he's dead. 
I firmly think he's alive. Like, I don't think that they would kill him off. Like, I, we're going to see Ezra in this show, and he will be alive. I, I, I really don't know either way. And, like, I'm, I'm excited, weirdly, for either outcome. Like, I'm interested to see where they would go with it either way. So, yeah. But I, I do feel, to bring it back to Morocco, who, like, they make it such a big deal of, like, how distorted that voice mm -hmm. is, where I'm like, you got to be somebody. A mask. I don't, it's clearly a mask. And it's like, who could it be? Is it going to be anybody interesting? Or is it just like, hey, this, these are the proto-Ren people. This is just like a more significant character from that group. Who knows? Like the only other interesting reveal would be, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, give me just a second. Ahsoka friend, uh, clone wars. Uh, shit. Uh, um, God, what's her name? I see her. I, I see her character picture, and she was a Padawan who uh, tried to set up Ahsoka. Um, man, I'm just totally losing it. Barris Offie. Barris Offie was a, another Padawan during the time of the Clone Wars, uh, who kind of led Ahsoka to leaving the Jedi Order. Uh, the the Jedi Temple got bombed. People started blaming Ahsoka for it, and then it turned out to be her close friend, uh, Barris Offie, um, who also kind of saw that the Republic was like a failing project and like felt like the Republic was turning into like the enemies that they sought to destroy and all this stuff. Uh, but we haven't really seen her since. And I don't think we know in like a major way what's happened to her since then. So like maybe she turned into a, an inquisitor. Maybe that's her. We'll see. I feel like that would be such a deep cut at this point. Like I've been wanting it for years. I've talked about it before, like on these shows for like Mandalorian and uh, leading into Ahsoka at this point. Now I, I feel like it'd be such a, Hey, we're pulling this character back from 2012 when it's already kind of probably a huge hurdle to sell the general audience on Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So, so we'll see. And then they're also like Ezra as a character who most like, uh, like, bigger audience probably don't have an attachment to and already trying to do that. So that'll be interesting. What I enjoy about it though, is that unlike a lot of these shows, I don't feel like the quality of the show hinges on the reveal of this character yes. where it's like, I like that there's this question mark of, Hey, it might be somebody that we know, yeah. or it might be uh, a, a just building, a, a prototype thing to Knights of Ren, whatever, or it could just be a cool looking minion meant yeah, to sell toys. Exactly. And I, it, I yeah. feel like all three of those <laughs> things are fine. Yeah. Um, and I do think that there can be some choices of reveals that aren't as good, but I like that he's there and I like the way that they've been uh, showing it off with the distorted voice and stuff. Like, I feel like it's a fun thing to theorize about, yeah. not something that like we need to really like hang our hat on. Be like, yeah. Oh, I just wanted to, on? cause it's been such a huge conversation in the star Wars, like internet space for like the last week. So yeah. I just felt like I, I had to talk about it. But one thing I, I thought that was interesting was, uh, uh, my homie MT was tweeting, uh, some shit that I didn't realize or put together at least, um, that back in the legends content. So what's mm. not Canon anymore. Um, Han and Leia have a kid, have two kids, but a kid named Jason yeah. solo. And obviously that kid being, half related to Jedi, half not related to Jedi with, with Han and Leia. Um, interesting that Hera and Kanan's kid, Jason, yep. similar lineage. I don't know if they're going to do anything with it, but that is just like... It is interesting because we also have like... More the, than a coincidence. <laughs> we we also have the Emperor clone stuff, which was also like uh, stuff from Legends content and all that. I, I, I think... Uh, those kids were a part of that story. It's been so long since I've read any of those books. Like, 
I'm talking like elementary, like middle school is like the last time I read any of that like legend stuff. So it's a little bit hazy, but yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I, I think we knew his name was Jason like way back in like when Rebels. Like oh yeah, we did. did. Okay, so yeah. yeah, that is. I mean the one in in the the, the, the thirty second thirty scene, second yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to end out the episode, I, I love that like right as Hu Yang like uh, he's like I just need a little bit more time, just get closer to the ring, and then he completes his scan like right as the ship kind of dies, and I love the kind of like. Ahsoka trusting Sabine to like get the engine or like get the ship back and running and then Ahsoka comes out in her fucking goofy awesome space suit and is like deflecting like uh, lasers on top of the shit and then like one passes by and then she does like the it's like very similar to the Ray cutting uh, Kylo Ren's uh, speeder in uh, Rise of Skywalker but it's so cool where like she cuts a ship and it fucking blows up. It's so good. Uh, and then we didn't talk about it last week, but there was a, a super dope shot of uh, Maroc throwing his lightsaber like boomerang style, yeah. and then calling it back. And her just and, casually Ahsoka just dodging like, it. Feels it. So sick. It's so good. Uh, and then yeah, they they fix the ship. Uh, they have to like kind of lose the uh, uh, Balin's crew, and they do it. In a herd of fucking Purgle. Let's oh go. Oh my god, dude. It was awesome. Yeah. The, the way that this looked, the build up to it, even her getting back in the ship. I loved the choreography of Sabine tilting the tilting wing. the wing to help Ahsoka get back in. Like that into the Purgles coming through. It was beautiful. Like yeah. it had this like epic, epic scale to it all. And like just seeing these dumb, 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 dumb things from the cartoon in terms of idea. Yo, there's fucking space whales. Like, that can, like, uh, like hyperspace travel on their own without any technology. It's so stupid, but I, I love it so much, especially because to bring it back to the kind of stakes conversation that we were talking about earlier, when Hu Yang, like, wakes back up and he's like, oh, the scan's complete. How long have I been out? All that stuff. And he breaks it down of, like, what the hyperspace, uh, huge hyperspace ring is for, uh, why the planet uh why they're building it on this planet right where it's like oh this is actually a trajectory point of where purgle migrate from galaxy to galaxy and i think that's the moment where they're like they can do it they can actually get there that's why the purgle are here Dude, all that so i think that's it grounds where, it that's where it came together for me of like okay now they fully realize like this is a very tangible thing that they that can happen and, and not only that i do think it does such a good job of grounding it like taking the cartoons and making it live action in terms of story of like the way that they explain the purgle right here it was like all right cool this this feels like it adds up and it makes sense and it doesn't just feel random or, or whatever like, yeah like i feel i've gotten the sense of it in the past i really enjoyed this the episode ending with seeing uh the the, the questionable sith guy uh being Balin. like find them in the forest yeah <laughs> you know like oh this is exciting yeah so they they had to like shut down the shit i i loved that uh little bit too where uh, they, they land and uh, uh, Ahsoka's like, hey, we got to shut down power. And Hu Yang is like, well, wait, wait a minute. And Ahsoka's like, hey, it's protocol or whatever. Um, or I think Sabine is actually the one who protests. And uh, she's like, hey, it's protocol. They shut down. And that's right when uh, the, the other ships kind of fly over. So they lose them. Um, and yeah, they report back to Balin. And he's like, all right, if, if they're somewhere in the forest, go Go hunt them down. So I think I think that's the last, besides the one shot of Thrawn that we've had in the trailers, the last like big scene that we've seen from trailers, which is, is wild, them, man. Which we is five them, episodes left. Yeah, is them fighting in the fort. Like we see, we see yeah. a fight in the trailers of them in the the red trees and all that stuff. So yeah, that's insane that there's like so much 
left and it's like hard to imagine of like where they're going to go for like the second half of the show essentially because i'll bring the question back the that i asked at the very end of uh last week right where it's like where do we see thrawn i guess this week very wrong but uh that kind of like helps set the cadence right where it's like in my head it was like either three or five and i think now it's going to be episode five because uh i think next week is going to be the big showdown on this planet uh-huh. and at the very end it's like fuck they made the jump to to the other galaxy and we missed it or we snuck on to it yep. or whatever and like the end of next episode is jumping over so makes sense to me yeah, yeah. i do think that we we are gonna get a hayden christensen something or other like the, he has recorded lines for lines this. for it yeah. yeah and i'm like i imagine <clears throat> that we'll get some type of either flashback or hopefully non-flashback how fucking cool would it be if we get anakin talking to us ghost anakin how sick would that be hayden christensen coming back to reprise his role as a force ghost that would be my my like dream scenario for how you include him because she isn't a jedi right or maybe she i don't know like does she get to connect with that you think Maybe? I mean, that's, that is a good question. I don't question. know what the rules are. I mean, there. well, that's the thing. I think they're defining the rules. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, and that, that, it's exciting. We're in a good yeah. place with all this. Um, loving the show so far. Having such a great time. We will be doing this every single week for the remainder of the season. Let us know in the comments below what you're thinking of the show, what theories you have, who the fuck is Maroke, who's behind Who the is mask. Uh, but until next week, may the force be with you.